Welcome to the Business Brothers Podcast with Pradeep and Harjeet Sangha. If you are an entrepreneur, own your own business, or are part of a family business, this is the podcast for you. So welcome back to another episode. My name is Pradeep Sangha, and I'm super excited here because we have Mini Sharma, who's a registered psychotherapist. I know for those of you out there that are thinking psychotherapist, what the heck? You know, <laughs> <laughs> do people need therapy out there? I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, absolutely. Um, because uh, all of us are dealing with something in our lives. All of us can do better in terms of communicating and having better relationships, especially when it comes to business. Right, a core aspect of having a successful business is having successful relationships. So that's why we have Minnie here today talking to us about that. Welcome, Minnie. I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks, Pradeep. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to talk about this topic because I'm very passionate about it. And relationships are so important in family dynamics, especially when you're trying to, you know, uh, create a successful business or maintain a successful business. It all comes down to communication, healing wounds, you know, um, conflict, how you manage conflict in in a family. So yeah, it's a great topic. And I think, uh, I I hope people get value from, from what we talk about today. Yeah, I think they're going to get a ton of value, Minnie, because uh, as before we went live here, one of the things I talked about was, okay, do we put it on both episodes or both podcasts? We have the Business Brothers podcast for family business and then Complete Men podcast for business leaders, CEOs, and entrepreneurs, um, mainly men on both. But I think you're going to be able to drive so much value uh, for us that it's going to be on both podcasts. So when it comes to relationships, how did you get into the space? Maybe you can talk about your journey, your story, how did you get into the area of helping other people have better relationships? Well, um, personally, I went through a very high conflict divorce for many years. So I worked in the divorce industry in terms of collaborative practice, where uh, as a family professional and a therapist, I actually help parents kind of um, draft the parenting plan and communicate better so that they're great co-parents. And then I realized that's pretty negative and that's really heavy. Why not work on the preventative part of it and help people have healthy relationships in their marriages? So I did a lot of um, work or courses on that. I think you and I discussed a little bit about attachment theory and how that's important. And we can touch on that today as well. But I find that our core relationship, right? Our, our partnership, our romantic relationship, our marriages, those really, if, if they're not healthy, that's going to affect everything in our lives, our physical health, our business decisions, our ability to maintain other relationships. So it's so important to make sure that we have a healthy, and I don't say happy because happiness is relative, <laughs> right? If we didn't have your coffee in the morning, you may not be happy. But how do you have a healthy relationship? Because there's always going to be challenges. So that's kind of like the work that I really enjoy doing now. Because it is preventative and it's a lot more positive. And I've seen the journey that couples in particular, or even families, so parent-child dynamic, when they, you give them the skills and the tools to be able to communicate, the fruits of that are, are amazing. So very, very important to have a healthy relationship on the, on the base and the root and uh, and then everything else kind of flourishes with, you know, if, if if you can create that dynamic, which everyone can. It's work, though. <laughs> it's work. Yeah, it requires effort. Um, I'm making notes here as you're talking because I have 
I have some questions for you. Um, mm-hmm. But first, what kind of couples or families do you work with that you find? Is there a common theme or is it kind of all around, all over the spectrum? I would say all over the spectrum. So there's kind of like pockets of um, of, of clients that I have. So, you know, the, there's the, the wealthier clients who have accumulated wealth um, generationally. And then there's the ones who have or immigrants that have come here and done really well in business and they're trying to figure stuff out. So all of a sudden they're accumulated all this wealth and it's not about the money management because you could hire people for that. Um, but it's really about how do you manage our relationship to money? So if you are a spender and let's say your partner is a saver, you're going to clash and that often they're like magnets, right? So um, there's a lot of dynamics at play when it comes to um, business, relationships, the money, all of those things. So I have clients also who are just you know regular people that are coming and trying to figure out whether they should get divorced, whether they should stay in the relationship. And I say, to everybody, before you go ever go down that path, you're still going to have to communicate if you're parents. So let's just work on the communication piece. Let's see where that goes and then make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. So clients from all over, but very different dynamics in terms of how you would work with those clients, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. And you touched on something there. My first, I guess, big question for you is you talked about the skills aspect of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and the importance of that. I'm speaking from personal experience because I realized that when my first relationship failed and I went on this journey to figure out why the heck did it go the way it went? Like I was just heartbroken. broken, And I realized that I just didn't have the skills. Like mm-hmm. I just was not equipped to be able to have the proper conversations, the right mindset, to be able to deal with, you can say, a difference in opinions um, and different value systems all these mm-hmm. things. So for the average, I'm going to say guys out there, there's a lot of women that listen to our show, mm-hmm. but majority are men. What would you say to them if they say, I- I've heard this before, you know, it shouldn't be that much work. It should just be natural. Mm. Well, the first thing is nobody teaches us, right? Where do we learn our relationship skills? It's from our parents. And often they're not healthy because no one taught them. So communication skills, and I wish they would teach this in schools, you know, to young people so that because whether it's your your marriage or you still have to hone relationships with your your workplace, your teammates, your colleagues, your pharmacists, like you're always honing relationships. And if you don't have tools, if you don't have the skills, um, they may not go so well, right? So where do we learn it from? Usually our parents, I would say 90% of the people say not so healthy, right? Mm-hmm. We don't often see, we might see our parents argue or ignore each other, but they don't often show us how to resolve the conflict, right? So conflict resolution skills are really, really important. And um, learn and therapy, you know, we often learn those. You could read books. There's lots of YouTube videos, but people don't really take the time because they think you're right. It should be easy. If, I, if I'm with someone, it should be easy. The thing is, it's actually simple. Communication skills are simple, but they're not easy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so it's practice, 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 practice once you know the tools. Right? Yeah. And I think that's important for the listeners out there because, and I'm speaking from experience again, is there's a couple of moments in our relationship with my wife where I was just like, I don't know if I can go, you know, continue with this. And she was thinking the same thing, but back in my mind, I'm like, how much is this going to cost me? 
you know what? Like, what the heck? Because, you know, I've been yeah. working my butt off. Um, yeah. And then also the kids, I'm like, you know, courts still favor the mothers still. It's not, it hasn't become mm-hmm. quite equal from my perspective. You know, I think it's getting better. And maybe you could talk about that too, because yeah. I think Did that's a lot important. of work. Yeah. With, with the court system, I would say in the past um, 10 years, it's shifted a lot because a lot of fathers groups and men's groups are like, wait a minute, like we're, we're parents too. So to be honest, the trend now is 50, 50. So as and people have this view of like, oh my God, because research has shown that children who have a healthy relationship with both parents actually fare better. They're healthier, they you know have better mental health. So research has shown that. So judges will actually, unless there's a really big reason why that can happen, it could be shift work or you know, there's a nanny situation, you know, because one of the partners is busy with the business. They don't have time to pick up the kids or whatever. So they hire a nanny. Well, a judge might say, well, if mom's available and she's a stay-at-home mom, it's better for the kids to spend that time with mom when dad's not around, right? So there's certain circumstances where they may not be the case, but the trend is definitely shared 50-50 right now. So it's it's getting much better, much, much better. But for, for men in particular, think about how men are raised, right? Uh, the only emotion that's safe might be anger, right? Uh, you know, real men don't cry. Real men don't get emotional. They don't, uh, they're not soft. They're, especially when you're dealing in the business world, you have to be tough. You have to have thick skin and you come home, you can't have their persona with your wife. It's not going to work, right? Yet there's some level of vulnerability that has to happen in the business world. You cannot be vulnerable, right? It's going to cost you if you are. So there's that disconnect where you're coming home and you have to take that hat off. That's really hard to do, right? So it's learning, right? It's learning like, wait a minute, what role am I in right now? I'm in a husband role or I'm in a partner role. What does that look like? Can I be more vulnerable? Can I spend more quality time with my partner? So how we're conditioned, how we're raised, especially for men uh, and, and culturally as well, depending like where you come from, um, it's much more difficult because it's not widely accepted to be emotional, let's say, for instance, or emotionally vulnerable. Would you agree? You, I mean, you work with a lot of men. Do you find that? Oh. Better? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say I, I totally agree. A lot of guys aren't in tune with their emotions from the perspective of, yeah, they might know what they're feeling, but they just don't understand how to deal with them or what's yeah. appropriate, especially in today's age where there's so much confusion about being a man. Um, yes. And, and yeah. I can say just from personal experience, my dad was a very emotional man. Um, he's very masculine, but very emotional as well. And he kind of taught me that it was okay to cry. It was okay to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That was part of being a man. So I, I think I had the unique benefit of that, but I know a lot of guys that we work with haven't had that. Um, yeah, and, I would and say can, that's rare. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. very rare, and that's a, what one of the big aspects that we work on when we do work with men is on the emotional side. It's one of the core pieces, and and we don't do the therapy aspect because that's not something we're equipped to do. But we do use the emotional aspect to help them perform better, to have more fulfilling lives from that perspective. Um, yeah. When it comes to relationship, you you, you talked about this. Um, from the perspective of men, what I'm also seeing is there's been a shift as well where a lot of women now are focused on their careers mm-hmm. and are coming home and using that same kind of attitude in their relationships. Are you seeing that as well? And if you are, 
What's your mm-hmm. advice? Because there might be guys and men or women thinking, you know, is this normal? Is this natural? Is this healthy? Um, and mm-hmm. how to deal with that? Well, I'm going to say that in the in history, in the history of humankind, this is the first time our generation in particular where women have been financially independent. That's never happened before. Never happened before, right? Even think back to our, the previous generation, our parents' generation. We had to have two incomes, right, to, to make it work. But it was still the roles were very much defined. And the type of work where men were getting paid much more than women do was very different. So they still, they were very reliant on the, on the marriage or the relationship for survival, right? Now, and this is a completely interesting, the, the dynamic is so interesting. And this is why there's a higher rate of divorce. And there's a lot of confusion about roles. What's masculine, what's feminine? So we talk more about masculine and feminine energy as opposed to I'm a man, so I need to be like this, or I'm a woman and I need to be like this. Um, it's connecting to both of those energies. So this is a unique dynamic that we've never had before. So it's very confusing for women too, because in the business world, we have to kind of be like men, right? We can't be vulnerable because how are we going to be perceived? Actually, as a woman, like she's emotional. Is she on her period? Like, right? So (laughs) let's be honest, right? And so it's, it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. Even women coming home, it's taking off that hat and going, okay, I can be vulnerable now, right? And remember, it's a little bit more acceptable for women to be vulnerable. So it might be an easier switch than for men to do that, mm-hmm. right? And what you talked about earlier, I think is very important. So I'm a huge advocate for relationships, people staying together if they're happy, right? Um, and if they're healthy. Um, and I'm for me personally, it's about passion as well. Like I'm a very passionate person in my life with everything that I do from business to all my relationships. And if there's no passion in the relationship, I won't be in it. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's draining for me. Um, so I support relationships. I always tell people to say, you know what, try to figure it out because there probably is a path. From your perspective, what do you think the success factors are when it comes to people that are basically at the end saying, I'm done with it to saying, Wow, our relationship has totally totally turned around. Uh, we're mm-hmm. not only happy; we're we're doing way better than we were doing before. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say simply: everybody wants to feel heard, and everybody wants to feel validated. Mm-hmm. And we don't often do that. Marriage is cyclical. Relationships are cyclical. We have good times. We have bad times. We have really bad times. So it's what you do in those really bad times, right? So mm-hmm. that cycle can be on a daily basis. Or that could be every 10 years, or that could be, right? So what do we do when it's really bad? Do we reconnect, pick ourselves up and regroup and go, okay, wait a minute, this isn't working. What do we need to do? And everything in relationships are about negotiation, which in the business world is a skill that everyone has. You have to. What we don't learn is how to do that in a in a maybe kind, compassionate way in our relationships. So how do you negotiate? I'm very solution focused, especially when I work with couples. Um, so we talk about like, how does that person feel when you talk like that or when you say that or when you do that? How do you think they feel? And that's about developing compassion and empathy for the for your partner. But we also want to be able to understand that they want to be heard and they want to be validated, but you don't have to agree. You don't have to agree with them, 
but you can say, I see where you're coming from. So it's learning those comments, those those skills of being able to support your partner with, with being able to have a different opinion, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a very, it's very, it requires a lot of fine tuning and practice for sure. So that really helps with success, especially when things are at the breaking point. It's like, wait a minute, the real reason people come uh, or feel feel really hurt is because they don't feel validated. They don't feel heard. Do you agree? Right? Like that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that because I see a lot of men saying, okay, yeah, she doesn't understand. Um, and then the women are saying the same thing. So I, I, I think that's a completely valid perspective. So I'm going to shift gears here a little bit and ask about, because we're talking about spouses, but what about other relationships, especially in business? You might be in a sibling relationship. You might be in a parent-child relationship or, you know, when mm-hmm. I say child, I say, you know, grown adult child, or I don't know what the technical term is for that. Um, but what do you see there, especially in business and how that impacts people's relationships? Well, I've seen personally with some clients, some interesting dynamics. So, um, where let's say the eldest child, usually it's the son, not always, is going to be the, the successor of the business. So they're groomed from a very young age to be the successor of the business and they're accepting of that. But then you see the opposite where you have a child that goes, no way, I don't want to be part of that business. I want to be a musician, right? Like I like playing the guitar. I'm going to play the guitar and be a rock star. Um, and then there's so much conflict because wait a minute, who's going to continue this this business that we've built? We've spent so much time and energy and sacrifice to build this business. So the conflict that comes with the parent or parents who have the business and their adult children is also very unique. So being able to resolve that, are there wounds from the past? So an example might be the parents weren't available when the children were young. They were too busy trying to build this business, which takes a lot of time and effort, right? It's it's not something that there's a lot of sacrifices that need to be made. So sometimes there's a lot of resentment around that, right? So how do we kind of do some family counseling and work together on parents understanding, um, you know, how their absence affected their children and how communication is really important. Sometimes it's just, you know, uh, encouraging their children, you know, culturally speaking, sometimes, uh, depending on where you're coming from, parents are very hard on their children. It's all about academics. And if you don't do well, it's like, I know with my dad, I got 97%. He's like, where's the other 3%? Happened. <laughs> it wasn't about, right? So then children don't feel validated, right? So again, it's all about being validated and heard. So being able to um, learn those skills too is important. Um, and for adult children, it's learning how to reparent ourselves because sometimes our parents can't and they won't. They don't have the skill. Mm. So how do we work through that? And that's where counseling or therapy is really helpful to be able to learn how to self-soothe and how to validate ourselves. Um, and that's a skill in itself as well. Very, very helpful to be a successful uh, to uh, business person because if you don't feel validated inside, you're not going to make good business decisions. Right. Yeah. So I'd like to get into that a little bit deeper because I see that very often um, where and you said something very important before you said, and this is the way I take a look at it. My parents didn't necessarily have the skills. I knew I know my parents love me more than anything. Yes. Um, 
But I don't blame them for any of the th stuff that uh, I've grown up with because they just didn't have the skills. They didn't they didn't have access to the information, Absolutely. right? They did not have access to the support groups yeah. um, that are available today. So they just they did the best they could with what they had. Absolutely, yeah. And so what I see a lot of people doing these days is blaming their parents, for example, mm -hmm. right? And I I do believe that inside they understand that their parents did their best, but there's still this blaming mechanism. And there's grown people, grown men in their 30s, 40s, 50s that still have a grudge against their parents, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. Mm -hmm. What's your recommendation to them? when it comes to holding on to a grudge or holding on to some kind of belief about their parents? Well, the truth is we're all going to screw up our kids and our kids are <laughs> screw up their kids because we're all flawed and we're all human. So you're absolutely correct. Our parents did the best they could with what they had. And a lot of times they didn't have the resources, right, that we have. And even um, your clients who are men, um, I don't know how many of them are accessing therapy or doing self-help things as well. So even if you have the resources, it's a choice. Growth is a choice, right? We can stay stagnant and be like, I'm fine the way I am. And I'm just going to, that's just who I am. Or you can choose to grow. So I think it first comes to a personal decision of, do I, do I want to live like this? You know, do, what do I want to do to make this better? So having that ability to choose to have growth and, and do better. So it's not about blaming our parents at all, but if we can accept the fact that our parents did what they could with what they had, it's really about, well, I'm responsible for my own feelings. So I'll give you an example. If you have two brothers who are raised by alcoholic parents, one's like, well, mom's an alcoholic, dad's an alcoholic, I'll just be an alcoholic because that's what I know, right? That's familiar to me. And the other brother says, no way. I'm never going to do that to my family. I don't want to drink. I see the impact of it. So they come from the same place, from the same environment, but yet there's this element of choice mm -hmm. of how they choose to live their life, right? So I think that's a huge piece to understand in terms of our own personalities and how much choice we make. So we, it's not about our parents because like I said, our, our, our parents, most of the time, not always, do the best that they can, right? Especially when that is the first generation that is building the business, right? Their second or third generation, it might be a bit easier because they might have access to resources. But if it's the first generation that's building it, there's a lot of challenges there, right? Yeah, I, I really like what you said there because that is very important. That's one of the things that we take a look at both from a business perspective and a personal perspective when we work with men is everything is a choice. Every moment we are making decisions and and that's based on the choices and options that we create, not necessarily the ones that we think are available because there's a lot of options that are available that we just haven't thought about. But for the the people that you work with, how do you get them to be open to the idea that it's a choice because some people don't believe it's a choice. They mm. believe that you know they're stuck in this position because of mm. external factors. How do you get them to open up and see that they have an opportunity to make a choice here? Well, the good news is that people, men in particular who are coming to see me, have already made a choice. They made a choice to not live the way that they're living, right? They're not happy. There's something that's not working. So they're there to learn. And so there's many different tools or dynamics or modalities, depending on what their needs are. So I do a lot of inner child work, right? Where again, we're reparenting ourselves. It's a, it's kind of an interesting concept. You have to believe in it because it's two different energies. 
sometimes when we behave in certain ways, like when you go to your your core, your family of origins, if you're like two brothers or whatever, you notice you're going to behave a lot differently with your brother when you're at home than you would. It's a different energy when you're in the business world and you're having a meeting, right? So you're in your inner child. Right. When you're when you're with your siblings or your parents and you can be 50 years old and your mom could be like, you know, wear a sweater. It's cold outside. And you're like, mom, I don't want to wear a sweater. And you're 50. You know, my kids <laughs> look at me sometimes when I'm you know, with my brother and they're like, how old are you guys? Because we sit in our inner child. So doing some work around connecting with with your inner child is really important. You know, there's journaling. There's, you know, a lot of it's self-awareness in terms of why do I have these patterns? Why do I behave this way? Where does it come from? And going back into your family dynamics, right? Well, my dad was very closed off. And so I'm really closed off. I, I can't open up. We talked a little bit about attachment theory. As babies, um, our primary caregivers, if they were attentive to us or not, we could do a whole podcast on this. So there's three kinds of attachment. There's avoidant, there's anxious, and then there's secure people. And depending on what kind of attachment we uh, connect to, we're going to attract certain type of people and our communication is going to be very different. So an anxious person is always like, I'm so scared they're going to abandon me. And an avoidant person is already been abandoned. So like, I don't really need anybody. And guess what? They're magnets, right? And then good luck trying to communicate unless they both realize or recognize what their attachment style is and work towards being secure. It often doesn't work, right? So there's so many modalities uh, when clients come to me, men in particular, that we would work with depending on what their goals are, right? Yeah. So thanks for pointing that out because if someone is going to see you or someone is seeking information, it seems like they've already made a decision that they want to change, that they've yes. made a choice to say, okay, I want something different. So thanks for pointing that out because I think that's very important. Not and, always. Women can sometimes be like, either you go to counseling or it's over. So the <laughs> may become. <laughs> then, you know, creating a safe, comfortable space for them because therapy is not that scary. Counseling isn't, it's about really the connection with the therapist. So if you feel comfortable with them, you're going to trust them. And, you know, and and, and also teaching them how to communicate, like eye-centered communication, focusing on how you feel and what you would like rather than blaming you, 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 you. That's mm -hmm. more. So little skills and tools like that as well are helpful. Yeah, I think a little, like you said, there's skills involved in there and just picking up those skills. If even if it doesn't save your relationship, at least you can be a little bit more skilled in yourself and dealing with your own communication with yourself, your own emotional capacity or intelligence. Um, and who knows, you might be happier as a person. Because Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's important. I think a lot of people say, well, I'm going, I'm going because, you know, I, I don't want to lose half my wealth or I don't want to lose my kids. And and whatever the reason is, but there's a selfish reason for this as well, right? Which is, do you want to live a healthier and happier lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if people split and there's no resolution, then a lot of people hang on to that. There's a lot of what ifs. Um, oh, yeah. And people think, oh, I'm getting divorced. I don't have to deal with that person. Actually, if you have kids, you're going to deal with the worst part of that person. Mm -hmm. So learn those skills regardless, right? I'm always like, even if you still have to co-parent, right? So you're going to have to communicate. You want to communicate effectively. And those skills are applied in the business world. They're applied to, you know, the person we speak to at the grocery store. If we're not using um, healthier communication tools, or if we're only lashing out in anger when we talk about our emotions, doesn't matter what relationship it is, you're not going to be happy because it's not going to go well. 
Yeah, that's that again is very important. I'm I'm working with a couple right now where they were in a relationship. They weren't married, but they were boyfriend and girlfriend for a while. So you can say they were significant others and legal legally um, it's a spouse. Um, but what ended up happening was they they just didn't work, and now their business is a mess. They don't they didn't have any legal agreements, mm-hmm. and now they can't even have proper conversations. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a lose, lose, lose situation everywhere. And she's not agreeing to even deal with a mediator. So they brought in a few mediators and she refuses to communicate. She's it's almost like a stonewall approach. And the guy's sitting there like, what the heck do I do now? Yeah. I don't want to go to a lawyer, but this is, it seems like that's the only option he has. So I think when you rewind, right, when you replay the, the, the scenario, and my wife and I were watching a movie about this the other day where a guy made a decision and lived out the next 10 years of his life and it wasn't the life he wanted. So, you know, he made a wish to go back to that original point. I think a lot of us can do self-reflection right now and say, okay, maybe whatever stage a person is at with a relationship, it might be worth it to at least try. Absolutely. I mean, think about uh, if you build a business and you're married, whether your spouse stays home or not, it's 50-50. Like that's just Canadian family law. Mm-hmm. So in order to retain wealth and and happiness and health, right? Because you don't want to be like, I just want to stay in this marriage so I don't have to give her half, right? Because you're not going to be happy. It's going to kill your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and the business will not be as successful as you'd like it to be. So I've seen it before where the, people get divorced and they evaluate the business and one partner has to pay the other person out. Guess what? They can't function. The business breaks down. It's it's over. So in order to avoid that that whole scenario, and not just for your own selfish reasons to maintain your wealth, but also if you are generally again in a healthy relationship, everybody has challenges. Even if it's, if that one doesn't work out, likely the likelihood of you getting into another relationship is there. You're going to repeat the same patterns if you don't shift. Right? If you don't do, you're going to attract the same person, just a different name, same dynamics until we figure out like what's going on. Why do I keep doing that? Right. So yeah, there's lots of work to be done. <laughs> yeah. But and it's again, good. It's good. No, it's good. It is important. I can, again, speak from personal experience that a lot of the stuff that I've, the challenges that I've gone through in our, in our relationship and marriage have made me a better person. Because I've contributed to them. And I always have this awakening and realization that I'm like, hmm, I can actually do this better. And not necessarily just for my wife, but just for me. And so there's, I think what you're helping people do is just help them self-reflect to be a better person, be a better individual. Do you ever get that stereotype when people come in and be like, when they hear psychotherapists, they're like, okay, this, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. I, you know, I don't have a mental disorder. Um, do you ever, is that stereotype still around or do you think it's changed quite a bit? I think it's definitely changing because I do also work with first responders and, and policing and, you know, very different from even five years ago. Now there's a lot more acceptance, a lot of clients coming in 
uh, to, to deal with mental health. But yeah, sometimes at a party when you're like, oh, what do you do? Well, I'm a psychotherapist. Everyone just goes silent. Like as if I'm going to like <laughs> analyze them. Like, dude, I don't work on weekends. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. And the truth is we're human too, right? I'm still trying to figure out my relationships as well and learning so much. We're always trying to grow. Nobody's perfect. We are all flawed. Um, so we just have to figure out what is it that my patterns are that are not serving me, my patterns of behavior, and how can I shift that? And that's where therapy is really important. And I I would say to, to women who come in, like, my husband doesn't want to come in. And I, and I say, it depends on the therapist. We all are different. But I know for me, I really come from more of a psychoeducation point of view. So again, teaching the skills. So I will go into the past of what happened because that obviously that's what brought the couple there. But I'm not going to spend 10 sessions on it because we can't change it. What I'd rather do is use it as a learning point of now that you have these skills and tools and that situation happened, if that happens again, what would you do differently? Because we don't want to go back there ever. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. And that is, I find really helpful for couples. They really appreciate that because going through the past over and over again is just bringing everything up. But if you're like, here's what happened, here's how I felt. And then it's much more effective and cost efficient. You're not going to go, you know, 50 sessions talking about the past. We want to move forward. What skills do we need to make this work? Right. That's my approach anyways. So when it comes to your approach, what does it typically look like for an individual or couples? How often do you do you meet them on Zoom? How does that work with you and your and your and your clients? Um now it's pretty much online. Um some therapists are going back like, you know, in person a little bit, but again, it's such a weird world now. But I think I find clients really like um being having the accessibility. I can work with anyone in Ontario, so clients in Ottawa and Niagara Falls. Um, so that's it's made it more accessible for people. But in terms of how often, usually at the beginning, people are coming because there's a crisis. Uh, not always, but sometimes. So weekly at the beginning, and then it might be bi-weekly, then monthly, and then it's just check-ins. It really is highly dependent on what the needs of the clients are. So an example might be, I just want to deal with the issue at hand. I'm having um, an issue with my teenage son. How do I communicate with him? So we just work on that. But if someone comes to me and, and says, I really want to work on my patterns of behavior. I keep attracting this or in in business, I keep getting the same situation come up. Then we go into your family dynamics and we go into patterns and we go into your past and we go into your traumas. Um, And that is a much more intense and longer process. So I always talk about what are your goals for therapy? What would you like to get out of it? And then we plan together in terms of what treatment might look like, right? Mm. And it's very, it's, I make it fun too. It's not always this emotional, you know, cathartic release. It, it is actually learning. It's, you know, laughing at ourselves sometimes. It's lighter some days and heavy other days. It's not, people get scared and like, oh my God, therapy, I'm broken. Or it, it's really about learning, right? And if you look at it from that perspective, it's, it's healthier, right? No one's going to fix you. I can't fix you. I can give you the tools, but I can't do it. I wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If only it was that easy. Only so for for the business minded individuals out there, there's an old saying, right? Learning is earning, because the yes. more you learn, the more you earn. And I think that goes for relationships as well. I see a lot of people focusing on business skills and technical skills from that perspective, mm-hmm. but the people side, I would say, is even more important. Not only Absolutely. from yeah, making more money, but you're just you're having a healthier and happier lifestyle. 
I think that's Absolutely. so important. But even in business decisions, if you're in a meeting or you have a new client, if you don't know how to speak to them, it's all about developing relationships, right? Every business is about honing and developing relationships, whether it's your supplier or a client, mm-hmm. you're always in relationship. So the better skills you have, the more successful your business is going to be regardless, right? So I think you and I were talking about, like, imagine having an argument with your spouse the night before, and you have a huge business meeting coming up where there's going to be millions of dollars at stake. How is that going to affect your ability or your clarity, right? So if you have a happy home, you're going to have a happy business, um, in my view. Oh, I, I can I can second that because, again, I know that there's there was a point in time and period in my relationship with my wife that... We were just not doing well. We were on the verge of breakup and I made the dumbest financial and business decisions. And it cost me a lot. And mm-hmm. I, years later, I looked back and I was just like, it wasn't my technical skill. It, it wasn't that I was stupid. I didn't know what I was doing. I just wasn't in the right mindset. Right. I just didn't have mm-hmm. enough energy to really think of the options and the choices that I had and actually play them out properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the things that actually... I I created this rule for myself after that, that after 7 p.m., I don't make any major decisions for business. I just don't. Great idea. Yeah. And it's just because I just don't have that same level of energy to have that mental mindset to be able to make proper decisions, especially if it's a big decision. But I had to learn the hard way. So guys, if if you want to if you want to make more money, yeah, make sure you have a better lifestyle at home, better relationship at home. I think that's very important. For sure. So, so Mitty, where can, for the people out there that are listening to this podcast, where can people find you? Where can people get a hold of you um, uh, when it comes to the work that you do? And I'm I'm very firmly saying this for the individual individuals out there listening. If you are having a challenge, I would highly recommend you reach out to Mitty. Because not only will she be able to help you with the skills um, for your relationship, but it's important, again, like we said, from a business perspective, right? Make sure your home is set up properly because your business is going to struggle if it isn't. So, absolutely. Minnie, where can people go? Where can people find you? Um, Well, my website is www.guidingjourneys with an S.ca. They can just Google my name, Minnie Sharma, um, but all my information is on my website. Um, My phone number is 416 889 4089. That's my business number. You can leave a message or even text me on that. But um, yeah, just Google my name. I'm sure it'll come up somehow. And if if you can on the podcast, maybe put my information somewhere. But I think we can uh, do that. I think people who do the internal work, they get, uh, you know, the fruits externally as well, right? That's just always the case, right? Highly successful people didn't get there by chance. Yeah, I completely agree. So thank you for that. You just dropped a ton of wisdom bombs here for our audience. I appreciate that. Um, And thank you. I know we're going to have you on again because there's so many other hot topics that I think you can help our audience with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I had a great time. I I love talking about this. Yeah, my pleasure. So for those of you out there listening, thank you again for supporting our podcast. Please subscribe and share. Until next time, take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you. And until next time.